Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, August 22nd, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about building watch apps with Pebble.js, auto-playing MP3s with the Audio API, and compiling HTML apps with PhoneGap. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello there. Hello. You sound so relaxed. I am so relaxed. <laughs> How's vacation? Uh, relaxing. <laughs> Even though you ran out of adult beverages? <laughs> well, that's why it's relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a party foul. <laughs> there will be more required tomorrow. Uh, phew, temporary problem. Yeah. Well, the rest of us are just toiling away in your absence. Yeah, I'll, I'm. I know. I'll be ready to get back to it Monday. I've enjoyed the break, but you, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be ready. Mm. So, which is good because I imagine you've got a little pile of things waiting for me. Trying to trying to like prevent a flood. I appreciate but that. Yeah, I know that. I know that. Like how that's like. Oh, I wish I didn't even go on vacation because yeah, now I have yeah, five hundred emails. I, I hate it when you come back and there's so much stuff that you regret having taken the time off. Right. I heard a, a great life hack one time where this uh, dude said his autoresponder in his email to like, Hey, thanks for email. I've safely archived it. And if it's important, you should send it to me again on Monday, the whatever date uh, he was back in the office, because I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. I was like, wow, that's bold. <laughs> um, but at least he's honest. Yeah. It's like, put it back on, you know, you know how it is. Don't need to get in an inbox zero conversation, but uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. So hopefully, it won't be too too much of a tidal wave on Monday. Cool. Um, w- well, you've been a busy little beaver. Um, of course, coding on vacation. Yeah, yeah. I I, I told myself I wasn't going to code anything, but then I said, eh, I'm just not going to set any goals to code something. If I feel like doing it, I'll do it. <laughs> Turns out it took me, I started coding on Saturday, Saturday. so I was on vacation for all of maybe 21 hours. People don't understand that. I know. It, it's like, it's a different kind of coding. It is. It's totally different. Yeah. Yep. So, in fact, that is going to be the focus of our conversation today. Yay. Uh, yay couple of different fun little things yeah i've been creating all kinds of stuff mm. including native applications Woohoo! Woo-hoo. spoilers <laughs> oh doctor who on saturday i know i was just i was just in a big spoilers thread with some like one of our friends on facebook about that and in fact she finished the thread by posting a photo of river with a like a gun the size of a i don't know it's a huge ass gun <laughs> pointing straight at the camera with like someone superimposed spoilers hashtag over the gun <laughs> it's a really cool picture uh i'm gonna miss do you think river's gonna be in this one i don't I think doubt i it. can't imagine I doubt it i think i think her her story is done 
That's a bummer. She was, that was a great storyline. I loved how that was like, yeah. wasn't like a love story. It was more like they were exes or like an old married couple. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like embarrassingly excited for that Saturday night. Yeah, me too. <laughs> one of my closest friend, friends is in a band and he's playing in town that night. And I'm like, oh, what time does Steve's band start? Uh, okay, hopefully it'll be after nine. <laughs> I don't know. Can we watch it? Here? Like, I don't know. Like it's eight, eight o'clock. It's on the BBC website. It says eight o'clock. Yeah, which is eight o'clock their time, which puts it at like. One here. My, yeah, our no, time. No, four or five in the afternoon. Four in the afternoon. Oh, I'm thinking Croatia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, four yeah. hours and, difference. And you can, well, actually, it's going to, it'll be on BBC America at some point Friday evening. Um, but what I will probably do is I will probably wait till the next day and watch it on Amazon Instant Video. Hmm. Not sure I can do that. Yeah. I don't know, though. Maybe I'll go see Steve's band and then watch it on Sunday. There you go. Ah, decisions. Anyway, with that, I, as now that we've geeked it up, we have we've geeked it up in here. Let's talk about code. Let's talk about housekeeping. Okay. Uh, schedule wise, next week should be a normal week, so there's nothing really interesting to report there. Um, I guess we can you uh, can talk about a webinar I'm giving as we record this. I'll be giving it tomorrow, but when you listen to it, it will already be gone by. Um, but dear listener, if you are interested in the webinar, you can watch it after the fact recorded on uh, O'Reilly's website. And the topic is the glanceable web. And I'm going to talk about extending web apps to run on smartwatches, specifically the Pebble. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the topic makes sense now. Yes. Yes. So, um, pretty excited about that. I think people might, might recall that, um, I sort of recently, a couple of months ago, I guess I got a Samsung gear live, which is an Android wear watch mm-hmm. and I wore it I, pretty much for a month solid. And I have gravitated back to the pebble. That doesn't surprise me. Um, I, so the fun, the funny thing is it's sort of, it doesn't really surprise me either, but th- the, it, it tells me something about myself, which is that I really don't care about appearances because the pebble is like embarrassingly ugly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like too old to be wearing a plastic watch basically. Where's <laughs> your swatch? It's, it's so bad that I like put a black sticker on the front of it and like a black leather band to try and pretend like it wasn't a swatch. Yeah. Pretend like it wasn't a white plastic watch. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's just, I mean, it doesn't, for what it is, it doesn't look bad. It, it's like a swatch. It's like kind of, cool for a younger person but i'm just like i cannot wear this plastic watch Uh, but i can't stop wearing it that's the thing so there's like things about the pebble that are just just kick gear lives butt yeah and you know you can see it outside uh that's a that's i mean that's a big deal (laughs) it is it sounds it sounds like a joke but you really cannot see the damn thing um, the, the fancy, beautiful, uh, I think it's an AMOLED screen. It's like amazing when you can see it. Mm-hmm. It's, you could watch a movie on it, but, uh, it's you just, a little round movie. <laughs> mine square, but yeah, oh. um, that would be funny. Like watching, watching the deer hunter through a porthole. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that's what that's a big one. I wasn't even thinking of that. Like the the battery life, the one day battery life just wore wore me down though. Yeah. That was but the main thing is that I can't customize the watch face. That is a deal breaker for me. That is the main mm-hmm. reason why I went back to the Pebble. Because I can easily write my own watch faces and exactly what you want. Exactly what right. I want. Yep. Uh, and another randomly, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I've had two people complain to me that it was so distracting that they wanted me to turn it off. Like, like, the gear? yeah, like sitting around talking and you can't, there's right now, there's no way to tell the screen to stay quiet. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, you can turn it completely off, which is useless. Uh, you might as well not even be wearing it, of course. And then there's this mode where it's like um, light white on black background. And that's like the mode that you want it to stay in sometimes. That's kind of like the mute mode, if you Mm -hmm. will. But it won't stay there. Like every time you get a notification, the screen, the gorgeous screen lights up. So if you're sitting around in a dim situation with other people, everybody stops talking. It's like, oh, something, something flashing. Oh, what's, oh. Yeah. (laughs) So I've like literally had to take it off. You'd think you'd think they would have the screen, um, the screen darken, and then be like a button you push to wake the screen up. You can do that, but I don't. I don't want that. You want. Mm. I want it. Cause, well, you can set it so that you you have to press the button to turn the screen on. But mm-hmm. when but when you haven't pressed the button, it's completely black. Oh, In, it's not like of, you can get like the notifications on your phone's lock screen. It's not doesn't even show you the time. It's yeah. it's just oh, like really? sleeping, like your oh. your phone sleeps. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, it's like pointless. Why would you have a watch with like absolutely nothing on it? Right. That's just dopey. and if you have to push a button every time, that kind of defeats the purpose of glancing down at it. Yeah, and and the other thing is, it's like not you know you have to go through like this three level deep settings screen with this annoying touch screen. It's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying. At bottom line, it's yeah. really cool and flashy, and it looks like it's going to be cool it's a much better looking piece of hardware much better looking but it just is it's it's v1 it'll be yeah. it'll, they'll do a couple software updates and it'll be a lot it'll it'll get close to amazing but the battery life isn't going to get any better and that's kind of a deal breaker yeah yeah not until you get different hardware yeah they can right and and all of these things are coming like you're they're they're working on the api for the watch faces you'd think that would be ready already but whatever um so anyway, so yeah, not to rag on the wear too much. It is a nice watch, but it's not as it's not as compelling to me as the Pebble. Um, not as not as immediately functional. No, nah, the Pebble's just like it's just this perfect balance of like ten different factors that matter, and the only one that it falls down on is the is the, the appearance. The, the yeah, the plasticky. So yeah, I, you're gonna. I'm gonna gonna see pictures soon of you sitting there with a little. A little model of the, or a little jar of the testers silver model paint. <laughs> no, you know what I did? I, I'm like, I have, you know, I got the Kickstarter one, mm-hmm. which was like 120 or 130 bucks or whatever. And then because it is so ugly, I ordered a Pebble Steel today. Because I was like, I'm looking at it and I'm just getting, I'm getting ready to do this webinar. And I'm like, this is my watch. Like I'm never, it's never going to look better. I'm just got to get the Pebble Steel because it looks a <laughs> little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, and well, you and you know now that you're going to keep using it, so I'm definitely going to keep using. So it's it'll be worth it to to invest. Yeah, and I told myself, well, I can use the plastic one for demoing and stuff like that, and, <laughs> and it's like, but I'm like, it's like between the two of them, it's like five hundred bucks on like two, 
the same watch basically with a different band <laughs> you can probably sell it and just about get all your money back out of it maybe yeah there might be an aftermarket for kickstarter pebble anyway so i'm pretty stoked about that um a couple just a couple quick notes about pebble um because i uh, they're fresh in my mind mm-hmm. um there's a new way to write pebble apps using literally only javascript it's like crazy. So it's so easy. That sounds fun. Oh, it's so easy. Um, and to compound the easiness, uh, they're, they have a cloud IDE. You like literally don't have to install anything on your computer. You right. can just go to cloudpebble.com, start a new pebble.js app, and 10 lines of code later. Not even, t- you just like, it's, it spins up a scaffolding for a project. It's not even a project. It's one JavaScript page. It does like everything. <laughs> and you just like push it to your watch. It like, oh, it's on your watch. Oh, whoops. I, I just built an app. It's <laughs> crazy good. Accidentally built an app. <laughs> it's cr- like, like if you even are slightly familiar with JavaScript, you can build apps for the Pebble. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's not, it's not super powerful, but it, but you know, you can only do certain things, but they picked, they really picked the right things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just did a really great job, and there's some you know there's some drawbacks like it's not as fast as if you write the app with C, duh. But you can get started like crazy fast, uh, and there's a couple limitations, but but it is amazing. Um, so that's Pebble JS and the Cloud Pebble IDE are just like off the hook, and then I did yeah, a little that, bit. I mean that's that's something Kira could sit down and write a watch face, you know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, there's like, I was doing a little bit of research and they were like, there's like 1.3 million apps in the Google play store mm-hmm. and 250 of them, which is like <laughs> 0. 0.01.5, you know, 0.015% of those are specific, like specifically have a pebble companion app mm. and there are almost a half a million pebbles have been sold. So like, so if you know if they're if you're an app developer or even a web app developer because these you know you can just talk to web apps with the, the Pebble JS or any of them you can just talk yeah. with Ajax to any web app. If you are looking for a differentiator, you like immediately have four or five hundred thousand people who are going to be knocking down your door because your iOS or Android app works with Pebble and they'll be like, oh sweet, yeah, because that, the there's not a lot of them that do right now, so that's no, really going to set you apart yeah. for half a million people. Right. Yeah, it's it's madness. So very, I'm extremely excited about Pebble. It's just like, it's, where is going to come on strong for sure, but Pebble is just killing it. Yeah. So anyway, so very excited about that. That's cool. Yes, and so you can want, you can see all of this in action in live full color video. Sixty minute video recording will be available probably by the time you hear this. Um, I probably won't remember to link to it in the show notes, but if you go to um, my website, you can go to my blog, and there'll be a link to it. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so let's jump over to pick layer. Okay, let's. Yeah. So your first, your your after twenty one hours off. You know what I want to do? I want to work on a photo. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> Spaz. Yeah. So Picklayer. It's different like, though. It's it's. <laughs> it is well. It, it serves a I think a really common use case. Like I I definitely have needed this. So. 
yeah, it, and it's a, a, a it serves a very different purpose than than, than sticky albums, right? And a very a very different audience too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so should not, I? Let's not keep the dear listener in suspense and explain what the heck it is. Yes, <laughs> it is a combination of the the skeleton of a little web app plus plus a command line Ruby script that you can run that will just take a photo follow, or a folder full of photos and publish them somewhere to the internet that you specify and mm. give you a, a little just a, a little photo gallery. Mm. Yeah, it's so cool. It's like for one of those times you're like, oh, I could use Facebook or iCloud or like like share a Dropbox, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have to send out emails and explain to your f- mother how to get into iCloud and like what the, the email means. It's so annoying. I just want a link. Just yeah, or link. here's my photo album and a bunch of other ads. Or right. Yeah. Yes, or the FBI sniffing your uh, NSA sniffing your cookies. <laughs> Don't sniff my cookies, man. Mm, cookies. <laughs> So cool. So like I'll tell you from that from the user endpoint, as you user standpoint, you basically you would receive a link and boom, it's like uh that's sort of sort of horizontal Pinterest style um view. It's super mm-hmm. cool. You just tap on a tap or click on a uh uh one of the photos, you get a zoom view, you can click on it again to go back. It's like it's exactly what you want. Yeah, everything's all single page. And from the from the publishing side of things, there's like there's a configuration file that you enter like three things, which is your uh, a, a base URL, a path on your server, and like, your username. Uses your SSH key for authentication, but you can easily add password support if you want to. Um, you go to publish an album. You you run the script, and then you pass it the path to your folder full of images and a title, and that's that. <laughs> Yeah, it's super cool. And it's like, you know, so it needs to be the assumption being that the user is like got a web server and understands like SSH and command yeah, line. Yeah, and, and has Ruby set up on their computer. So, I mean, clearly it's oh, not, right. not so the, the script it. for everybody. <laughs> so that leaves me out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I will do tomorrow. I will set up your Vagrant box for Rails Rumble. Oh, sweet. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. That, mean, article, suppose- that article I wrote is up, by the way. Oh, good, good, good. So yeah, we'll need to link to that. Um, should we talk about that, or is it just something to link to? Nah, it's just something to link to. Okay. Uh, excellent. Um, so fun little sort of command line utility to publish photo albums, like super super fast and easy, and it's and it's uh, public on GitHub, right? It is. It is. Yep. We can link to it in the show notes, and yeah, after you publish an album, it sends you back the URL and automatically copies it to your clipboard. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's a nice <laughs> touch. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, great. So that's pick layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a pun on, on brick layer because it creates this little brick wall sort of <laughs> theme. But I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure it really works. I'm not sure the pun really works because I kind of get the impression of like layering things, but that's no, cool. I like yeah. it. It's memorable. Sweet. So that you know what that brings us up to. Bug uh, report. The bug report. Yes. Yeah. Bug report. Bug report. Yes. We've got uh, 
we've got at least one really funny one. <laughs> funny one is it yours or mine? The cable is funny. That so oh, the cable, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I get I get this. It felt like a frantic. I am. It was a little frantic. How do I? Uh, it's like, it's not I, working. I got a remote debug Android. I thought it was just supposed to. And I was like, I don't know. It, it sounds like you're doing it right. It's it <laughs> usually works pretty. I mean, the hardest part is exposing the developer menu, which is yeah. a silly Easter egg type of thing. Yeah. And, but then I was like, and I was just about to kiddingly say, I don't know, maybe it's your cable. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm switching this cable. You're like, holy crap, it worked. Totally worked, yeah. And in fact, that that quote unquote bad cable, mm. I used it today to charge a set of headphones. So I was thinking about that, and I mean, there's a ton of wires in there, and I assume some yeah. of them are dedicated to power, and some of them are dedicated to other things, and it's yeah. Just... And I'm gonna. I I looked and I couldn't find it. I might actually not have one here at the house anymore. I was gonna 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 get the multimeter and measure the voltage and and amperage and all that good stuff. Um. Mm coming out of both cables and see what, see what kind of difference there was there just because I was curious, but yeah, couldn't, find, couldn't find the meter. So it may be down, maybe down at the store. Okay, it could be, it seems like a good place for a tool like that. Yeah. Computer repair shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I thought I had one here at the house too, but maybe, maybe I don't. <laughs> this is the, this is like geek overload. And I'm sorry. Te- <laughs> like we've got meters for testing a $1 USB cable. <laughs> well, I'm curious. <laughs> I am curious too. I, I am curious. See how that I'll is. Try but... and, I'll try and get try and remember to have Richard bring it home on on Saturday. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear listener, if you're having problems getting remote debugging working between your Android phone and Chrome on the desktop, which, by the way, you can do in case you didn't know, uh, allows yes. you to in- inspect web pages and stuff like that. It remotely. also lets you inspect PhoneGap applications. Yes. Which is awesome. Yes, super cool. Um, so if you are looking to do that and having trouble with it, make sure you've got a good cable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the that other one that other one does have it's a like a cheapy came free with something. It's got a lot less insulation on it than the one I was using, so I'm betting there's some some voltage drop off or something. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> um, cool. So, what about what? Now, what's the? I confess that I, you know, I saw that you IM'd these things to me, but it kind of went over my head. But you can <laughs> you have some kind of HTML5 audio bug on Android? Yeah, it's not really a bug. It's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure it's just Android. I think it might be mobile in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about it on Android since that's what I was testing and playing around in. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot automatically or, or programmatically play HTML5 audio on, an Andro- on Android. It requires some sort of user interaction to start the audio playing. Hmm. Um, that's a feature? That's a feature, supposedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which, as you can imagine, can at times be very annoying. Um, because oh God, I would you know, swear I would, I've seen autoplay for the audio tag. Yeah. Wait, is it the audio tag or is it? No, you, no, no, it's, it's, um, just the, the audio HTML5 audio API. Right. Okay. 
doing it, doing it with JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And because um, yeah, I was working on an app and it plays a sound, and then I wanted to play another sound like twenty seconds later, mm. and and I couldn't do it because the sound had to be triggered by some kind of user interaction. But <laughs> what you can do is um, say normally the user would have to click a button to play the sound. Um, you can you can't programmatically play the audio, but you can programmatically click the button. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like, what would be the point <laughs> of not of like not exactly, putting that in yeah. the API because you just throw a fake click? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which so is what it you doesn't did. make a lot of sense. So I mean, yeah, that, that's what you have to do. Just just make an element and put it somewhere off the page and bind your bind your audio play to it, and then then um. Have your JavaScript instead of playing the audio. Have it click the button. <laughs> that Boom! Is problem so solved. So dopey. So here's yeah. a funny question: Can you? Do you have to add it to the DOM to click the it? Button? I suppose you do. I don't know. Because the event won't bubble up anything. Yeah. I I hope I hope someone listening knows a way. Or, that's just silly. I hope it that's is. not. I hope that's not true. Well, that <laughs> was. <laughs> That was the easiest way around it that I could think of because yeah. I was I was looking I was researching this and other pe and people were coming up with oh well you it's impossible to do you have to do all this other complicated stuff instead and I was like maybe I'll just try making a button and firing a click event on it <laughs> and it, it right. totally worked so but couldn't you, you so you can't bind to like other events other like window events it has to be like a user interaction type of event. yeah it has like to be some kind event. of user interaction. I mean, I can understand that for like file or, you know, file uploads and stuff like that. But, and I can, I can sort of see the, you know, I might be thinking of video actually. I know you can autoplay video. So it seems like it's funny. It's like, well, and yeah. I guess in a sense, audio is more offensive than autoplaying video as long as the sound's off. I don't know. That's. Yeah. Video, you kind of expect to be loading up a video. Audio could be stuck anywhere. Yeah, I guess. Yes. I, I don't know. It it just seems weird. Yeah. I mean, I could see someone saying like you really shouldn't do this unless you're a special case because it's annoying. Yeah. Cuz yeah, yeah, which is yeah, fine. I mean, totally agree. Right. And you remember those like you know, you come to the restaurant website and like the flash thing loads up for 30 minutes and then it Background immediately movies. starts playing some like super cheesy yeah disco yeah, yeah. so background I, midi files yeah exactly I, I get it but you know the app that we're going to talk about in the future is a case where you do want yeah. you, you want to program it you know there's a couple of I can imagine some ways that you could have futz with it but anyway we can talk about that when we get to it but uh, and then you had you mentioned something else about the volume level. Yeah, um, I couldn't get. Well, no, this is this is actually uh, this is actually a phone gap issue, not not HTML5 audio. Hmm. The volume. So why were you setting the volume at all? Um, because the uh, the uh, the the sound was coming through like crazy loud, and hmm. I wanted to um. I, I play it. I play the sound three different times, and they mean different things. But I'm using the same, the same tone each time. And I, I just like one of one, the first time it plays. It's kind of like a warning thing. So I just wanted it to be softer. Oh, that makes sense. 
So like relative to each other, they're different yeah. volumes. That makes sense. Cause I was like, well, I was like, why, how would you know what to set it to? Because you don't, you can't detect what the phone, vo- like, right. why would you even mess right. with that? But I got you. Well, that makes sense. Um, but it, and it did work once you put the quotes or. No, it didn't. Um, mm. And from what I'm seeing, uh, this is a, a phone get with the phone get media plugin. It's not HTML5 audio. Oh. Um, it, Volume volume totally works on HTML5 audio. I'm I'm, I'm using it on ZenClock, mm-hmm. um, for like a fade in, fade out. But uh, yeah, the PhoneGap Media plugin, the volume set volume function in Android, uh, seems to not work. And mm-hmm. I've seen reports of this not working from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just some versions of Android or some devices or or what have you. But it seems to be buggy and and not my fault. <laughs> so, so as long as it's not my fault, I'm okay with that. I can live with it. Hey, open source. Maybe yeah. you can fix it. Maybe. So I, we're kind of foreshadowing the feature. We uh, are. So I think ma- I think we I think we've made it to the feature. Yeah, actually. I think we might we might be segueing. I think our, yeah. I feel like I feel a segue coming this on. Is a, a nice a nice slow segue. Yeah, we're easing everybody into it. It's like a very vacation style thing. Um, yeah, so if the, the, the big, I suppose, bigger project, if you will, bigger side project you've done on vacation is something called meditate. Yes. Yes. This one took, this one I spent two days on. I mean, not like all day, but, (laughs) but yeah, so it's a, it's an HTML5 app wrapped in phone gap for iOS and Android and I guess everything else. It is, yes. And it's, it also lives on the web, too. So you can just do it that way. Right. And you came up with, um, you, you brought up an interesting point, which uh, we've talked about in the past, which is the sort of intrinsic advantages of having a, a native application versus a web application or an HTML, or a native HTML app versus a web HTML app. Yes. And we, we've talked about that in the past. And there, there's some like, sort of obvious benefits to being a native app, but you brought up one today that it never occurred to me, uh, which yeah, is a good it, one. It hadn't occurred to me either in, until it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is that you can, a native app can, uh, prov- you tell the phone not to go to sleep. Don't sleep the screen. And a web app obviously can't do that. Right. Right. And when you're dealing with things, when you're dealing with things that are, are timed and, and sometimes very long amounts of time, mm-hmm. if your phone goes to sleep, then the web app is totally useless. Yeah. So if it was like an exercise app, like I have this thing on my watch actually called seven minute workout mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'm sure there's a phone version of as well. It has to like the phone, you're not going to touch the phone, but it needs to be on for seven minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what this does. It's a, the, the app's called meditate. And basically you set the amount of time that you want to meditate for and you tap the little timer and it gives you this little warning, this sort of, sort of warning tone that says, okay, you have 30 seconds to, to get somewhere more comfortable than sitting here holding your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it chimes again at the start, and then it counts down, and when it gets to zero, it chimes again. There we go. <laughs> and that was on Windows Phone, by the way. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Not, not Firefox Phone? Uh, Firefox Phone works as well. Cool. And Android and iOS, I've tested all of them. These are just the web ones. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the only, the only thing I've done the native application for so far is Android because I just I don't 
<clears throat> don't have or want to purchase at this point license keys and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you have a, uh, an Apple developer account? I do not. Uh, you can send it to me and I could compile it if you wanted. Cool. Um, that's probably highly illegal. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? It's so stupid. Uh, I don't know. We're collaborating. <laughs> it's like, I just want to install this on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. You have to pay us $100. Yeah. So... It's like, I just want to put the code I wrote on the phone I own. No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that'll be $100, please. <laughs> yeah, so annoying. Uh, uh, but it's a fun... But you're, anyway. you're like... I noticed your side projects are very zen. They are, aren't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. You also have a propensity... Um, you're, like, attracted to the audio API. <laughs> Is that just coincidence, or... Um, like, both of them, the zen clock and meditate, or, like... Both of them using the audio API. Yeah, it's like an intrinsic piece of the app. Yeah, I don't... Well, I mean, it's kind of essential for the Meditate app. Yeah. And then for the for the Zen Clock, it was just, I don't know, a fun thing to do. I should add sound into Kilo. Like when you <laughs> add, add, add like an exercise, it goes, yay! Yeah. When you add foo, it's like, ooh... Add an apple and it starts crunch, crunch, crunch. Right. That would be so fun. Make it sound like the food you're eating. Uh, that would be cool. It would be. I would you use Kilo a lot more then. Yeah. That would be fun. And what the other thing that occurred to me, if you're if you really are just like totally obsessed with the audio API, is that you could make or one of us could make a um a sound effects board for niche for the niche podcast. I've thought about doing that. Yeah, that would be that would be funny if yeah. we just threw like an index page in the bytes folder, mm-hmm. and it just like slurped up whatever was in there, and like it just had buttons so you could <laughs> <laughs> yeah. almost have a conversation. That would be funny. Okay, cool. So so let's see. So we talked about um, the the HTML five audio API from a couple of angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also noticed you're using local storage. I am. What's that for? I mean, I know what it's for, but why are you using it? <laughs> to, to explain it. Explain it to the dear listener. Yeah. I'm using it in a couple of places. I'm using it, first of all, I'm using it to store the length of your last meditation session. So mm-hmm. that the next time you come back, if you want to do one that's the same length, it's already there and, and entered. And you yeah, don't perfect. have to do anything but click yep. start. Yep. Perfect. And then I'm also using it to store a like a history of of the meditations, mm. and I like have a, it a leaderboard of. <laughs> yeah, it stores it stores both ones you've completed and ones you've not completed, mm-hmm. and you intentionally cannot delete individual ones. You have to wipe the whole history. So mm-hmm. if you want to get rid of your bad ones, your good ones have to go too. <laughs> there you go. It, that that it occurs to me now that you're talking about this. So this is a great candidate for. Um, app cache because yeah yeah I just I haven't implemented it but yeah it is I've thought about doing it I just I haven't done it yet because I was still in kind of the the developing debugging phase and it's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. pain to deal with app cache when you yeah do you don't want to start out with app cache although I did I did uh, stumble across a neat trick a couple of weeks ago which is that if you are developing locally which I know you are mm-hmm um, and you access the page via IP address, it doesn't cache anything. 
Oh, because not. it what well, doesn't have an origin. So right. Um, but which is I say that like, like of course it doesn't. But other things do. Like local storage still works, even though that's supposed to be origin specific, and mm -hmm. so it seems a little arbitrary. But uh, it is super convenient because then you don't yeah. have to mess around with your code or branch your code based on development or or production, and you can just yeah. That that's really helpful. Yeah, it's nice. It saves a lot of time. Um, so neat. I mean, you the app doesn't really probably work that great in the web in general. So, but still, if you did, you can app cache inside of PhoneGap, so it would at least prevent the the user from having to continually download that audio file, for example. Um, well, the audio file is in the like the audio file is not on the web. It's it's in the in the native app. Like like in the the web root. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't thinking that. I'm so used to like I'm so used to <laughs> I'm so used to pointing phone gap apps at a website that <laughs> you know I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So uh, another thing I noticed that's um, good to talk about is that uh, you used Markup JS, which I know you've used in the past. I think we I think that was the one in Avalio. And you really stuck with it. Like you dig that for, for like simple single page web apps, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I like markup and actually mustache would have worked just as well for this because I'm not really using any, any of markups additional functionality, mm -hmm. but I like having the option. Should I want to, um, I think, I think mustache is a little better support in older browsers. Well, that's good but, to know. but, uh, yeah, you know, for, you know, for client, for client side templating, t templating, no, it is Zen. <laughs> um, <laughs> client side templating. I I like both both markup and and mustache. Cool. If I if I need if I need it, like if I know it has to work in older older browsers, I'll use mustache. Otherwise, I I could just prefer having the extra options that markup JS gives. Cool. And since this ultimately really isn't a web app, it's really an HTML app in PhoneGap. It's a native app, really. Mm -hmm. You know you've got JavaScript support, so there's no real, right. no real business case for you know having a, you know like a, a progressive enhancement approach that go, that starts all the way back at just HTML. Yeah. You know, there's like you need to have a reasonably powerful, you know, like something that has the auto API. Obviously, you need JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it just wouldn't work without it. So that's cool. I I personally I have. I can't think of a, I can think of exactly one time when I've used client side JavaScript templating and it didn't really, I, I'm just, uh, I usually am not in a situation where I'm comfortable saying JavaScript's required. Yeah. Which I know a lot of people are, are probably think I'm a dinosaur because I am, <laughs> but, uh, I just, it's, I hardly ever work on something where I'm like, oh, this can only work with JavaScript. It can only work with JavaScript. So... Um, great. And then obviously the last thing we've been talking about all along is, uh, phone gap, mm -hmm. which I assume people know what that is, but maybe they don't. Um, it's, it's basically just, a it's a, uh, open source project that is, um, provides basically wrapper code for like seven or eight different mobile platforms that, um, I mean, they're basically browsers. Yeah. Like single site browser wrapper code. And you put your 
HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and other assets inside of it in a www folder. And it, it just like serves it using the file protocol locally from your phone to display this like embedded web app. Yeah, let you run it. Let you run it in like a, a native, native wrapper. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you, you know, if you're like a killer web developer, or even not a killer web developer, mm. um, you can you can pretty relatively easily wrap your apps in PhoneGap and then install them natively. And as we pointed out earlier in the show and in previous shows, there are tons of benefits to being able to launch from the home screen, not the least of which, I'm not launch from the home screen, but launch as a native app, uh, not the least of which is that you can keep the screen from going to sleep. So yeah. for an application like this, it's important. Yeah, and there are a lot of a lot of plugins for, for PhoneGap that give you additional functionality. Like you, you can access hardware features on the device, the camera and media capture and file, the file system and uh, network status, battery status, accelerometer, vibration, yeah. all that stuff. Push notifications, yeah. barcode scanning, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of stuff, but those are little, those are like little chunks of native code that are platform specific. So they're not all necessarily as cross platform as PhoneGap itself. Um, but generally if you want something, it's already been built by someone for iOS and probably Android too. Yeah. Yeah, the coverage for for at least iOS and Android is probably going to be pretty good for a for a plugin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it's not, then the plugin architecture is there, so you could just write the plugin for your platform mm-hmm. and save yourself all of the native other native coding, like building your whole interface with yeah, uh, whatever Objective C or Java or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And then you can you can actually publish publish your plugin to PhoneGap Build and make yep. it available to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a big huge. It's last I checked, it was the a big huge GitHub repo that had all the plugins, but they also list them on Build. On it, yeah, well, so there's two. This is worth mentioning, I think. Okay. Um, Build, which is their cloud compiler, is. Uh, I mean, now it's an Adobe product the the tools build itself is a a, a adobe product and the way it works is you either you go to build.phonegap.com and you create an account and it's it's uh free for a lot of cases and it's cheap for others Um, but you either when you, you create a new app and you either upload a zip file of assets or you point it at a github repo and it just starts compiling basically Mm -hmm. And, um, so the, the thing to be aware of though, is that build, so the advantage of that is that you don't have to install like a million development environments on your machine. Yeah. I started to do that just out of curiosity and mm-hmm. I got like two steps into it. I was like, mm, you know, forget this. It's a freaking <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if I, I, if I do this, I'm going to spend all day doing it. I'm going to be frustrated with the whole thing and then I'm going to want to take another week vacation. Yeah. So so getting Xcode working and getting PhoneGap working with it and and also even if you're just going to do iOS and Android yeah. you have to first of all you have to have a Mac so that you can install Xcode. Mm-hmm. And you probably want either Eclipse or Android Studio for Android. So you get those two things installed and they're ginormous. So you need plan the Android to, SDK. 
Yeah, it's it's embedded inside of Android Studio, which is pretty nice. Oh, um, cool. You got to get yeah, it's pretty cool. Like Android Studio is basically Xcode for Android, and uh, you get all that stuff. Okay, great. Now, okay, now I've got I've got to oh, get. Oh, and you have to have Node. Yeah, you got to get Node. There's like a lot of setup. Yeah. And and it's gotten honestly the phone gap part's not the hard part. It's the it's getting Xcode and and. For someone who's a web developer, getting Xcode and, and Android or Eclipse or Android Studio set up is like a mind-blowingly difficult. <laughs> it's like it's you re- trying to set up Ruby. It's wor- It's even worse if that's possible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so... In this, the thing that kills me about it is that it's not like you do it a couple times and then cool, it's all done it changes and it breaks and you never do it often enough to get good at it. So every single Mm -hmm. time it's a nightmare. So it's so nice to like the nine bucks or whatever you pay to Adobe to be able to upload everything and just have it compile up there is like, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better. Like I'm already paying Adobe 50 bucks a month. What's another 10? (laughs) I wouldn't, I will never, so, like, I just had to install Android Studio and Eclipse today for another reason. And I'm just like, God, oh, man, I just so, I don't know. It's just not my style. It's not my thing. Yeah. I just don't like a huge IDE. It creeps yeah, me we're, out. We're, we're web devs. We're used to not having to use an IDE. Yeah, I just want to text it. There's too much, like, yeah. futzing around. Like, like a perfect example is, like, Xcode will show you what looks like a a file system hierarchy of the the files in your project but it's not but it's not it's it's the project's view of where the the it thinks how the files are related to each other and you can change it around in xcode but that's not actually changing anything on your hard drive Mm-mm. so you're like which you can see that you know it's like well why should i be but uh, it shouldn't matter where the file it's just like oh my god it just yeah, drives me crazy yeah. it drives me crazy Anyway, it's just not my thing. People love it. I don't. Um, so, but but the point, the, the reason, what I'm trying to illustrate, though, is that build is only on one version of PhoneGap. So yeah. it's it's like the up-to-date version of the stable build of PhoneGap, and they're not necessarily all the same plugins that are available in the world. So, yeah, yeah so, so it can sometimes be the case that you're like, oh, uh, I want to build this thing with PhoneGap. You go to the PhoneGap site. You're like, sweet. It's got all the support for the stuff I want. Um, sometimes, sometimes people have to compile to an older version of PhoneGap because they want it to run on like old Android phones or something. And and in those cases, you might not be able to use Build. But for ninety percent of the cases, Build is the definitely the first place you should go and check out. Mm-hmm. It's like killer, killer, great. Yeah, I I love it. <laughs> Did you have any? Was there anything about it that was like unintuitive or drag or stuff that surprised you? Um, you know, build build itself actually no, it, you know it was it was pretty intuitive. Um, the the whole login flow, I had to log in with my GitHub account because I had previously had a build account, and then they made me link it to my existing Adobe ID. <laughs> yeah, that's just, um, that but just that's line. just I guess where they're like centralizing all of that stuff probably means probably means they just want to be able to charge me through my Adobe ID. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, 
you know, it was build itself was it's pretty simple. Mm. You enter enter your repo URL. At first, I was uploading zip files, and then after doing that like three or four times, it's yeah, this is stupid. I'm gonna (laughs) put it on GitHub, (laughs) right? Because you know, why do I want to upload this ten megs every time for my internet connection? Uh, What what about um? Did you? I assume you used a config.xml file. I did. Yeah. Was that? Were there any like that's that's the only thing really that's not web? Yeah, it's not web, and it's and it's not like not immediately super intuitive. Um, yeah, because yeah. Out, out of the box, it had a bunch of plugins in there that I didn't need, so I just I just I went in and removed those. There's probably one or two more I could take out, but I, I went in and removed those um, just because it's kind of scary when you go to install a device and there's a huge long list of permissions. <laughs> For a web app that should not need to connect to the internet at all. <laughs> why do you need to track anywhere. my keystrokes? Yeah. Why Why do you need to read my Google Wallet? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, who uses Google Wallet? But <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Um, I mean, really, the the hardest part of the whole entire process, once I gave up on trying to configure the um the build environment locally uh the hardest part of the entire process <laughs> was making like a million different icons and landing and and loading screens <laughs> I, isn't that funny it is yeah it happens to me every time i'm like sweet app's done like i remember the last t- the last one i did was the uh, kilo for firefox os yeah and sure enough all their icon sizes are a little bit different than it's ios bit, yeah so like, oh man, I'm just gonna like redo all of those. Somebody yeah. should just have like a somebody should have a droplet that you just like take a a five twelve by five twelve or a ten ten twenty four square image and drop it, and it just makes like one thousand versions, like you each know, I mean, one I'm, pixel smaller. <laughs> each one pixel smaller. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe I'll do that. Yeah, it's like an image magic thing. You could just do it like bang. Yeah. Just loop and like here's a here's a master list of every size. I could give you the list. It's like because it's and it's like a ton of them. There's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Like on iOS, there's a million. Like the the icon that's in that shows up in Spotlight is a different size than anything else, and it's different on the iPad and on the iPhone. Yeah. And yeah, it's like I don't I don't even think in sticky albums. I don't think we do all of them, and we're making like twenty. Yeah, Sticky's got about, so Sticky's got like, I think you're thinking of the startup images. There's a million startup images. Yeah. Because it's like portrait and landscape for, you know, I every kind of mm-hmm. iPad, every kind of iPhone, different resolution screens and different uh, orientations. There's a million of them. And then there's like, there's probably like eight or eight or nine home screen icon sizes. Uh, depending on what resolution and if it's iPhone yeah. or iPad. But yeah, so if you throw in multi-platform, you've got like, you need like 20 icons. Yeah. So that's like, you know, and you throw in the like web, you like need a favicon for the, the bookmark bar and like, uh, there's just a million of them. And it's like, you're like, oh, geez. Yeah. And it's the square icon. <laughs> Like, why can't I just use a vector image for this? Because I don't have to worry about different image ratios. Yeah. They're all square. That's the one thing. Yeah, I just want to use a vector file. Yeah. Well, on on Firefox OS, actually, they're perfect circles. They're like, so it's it's still, it's fine because it's still the height and width, but still you could have like cropping issues. Yeah. 
So you need like, it's, it's a major issue. And then, and then if you're going to put it in any of the stores, they want like at least one screenshot and at least yeah. one like big splashy, like huge version of the icon or something. Some like big branding file. Yeah. And yeah. So like you said, we should, um, yeah, send, send me the list and then, then by next week's podcast, I'll have an app to do this. <laughs> cool. That's cool. There's like, there's a, I think there's a, here's a product idea, dear listener, is the, the, the PhoneGap project, the PhoneGap trademark is owned by Adobe now, but the underlying project is called Cordova. Mm-hmm. There's room for a competitor to PhoneGap build. Like if it, I, I don't think I, well, I know I wouldn't want to do it, but you could set one up for sure. And and, you could have it make icons and have it make icons exactly. <laughs> Upload one giant because the thing the thing that the the PhoneGap team is I like I I don't think they should do it. I think they shouldn't do it. I think they did it. They the way everything they have everything is perfect. Those guys are like just so right up my alley. Mm-hmm. But there's you know they're they're sort of like they're sort of purist about it, which they should be because they're kind of charting the course for for a lot of different like for standards bodies and browser makers and they're, they have like a yeah. kind of a big, a big thing on their back. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's freaking Adobe. They, yeah. they set standards, you know? <laughs> right. So, so I don't, I don't actually think Adobe should do this. Maybe they're thinking about it. I have no idea, but um, it would be so cool if there was a little bit more, if there was a product that basically did what build did, but had like took some it, kind of web UI for parts of it. Right. And, and let you like upload just one big graphic. And I understand that like a graphic that looks good at 1024 square is not going to look necessarily good at 16 pixels 16, square, yeah. but you could, you could have it just do that to start and like fill in individual ones and then say, um, like, Oh, okay. And like have it automatically say, okay, here's your bundle for not just for, cause like the phone get build leaves off at like, here's your your uh what is it on ios ipk uh no ipa file here's your ipa file now you deal with itunes connect it would be so cool if like if if it if the this thing took this step a little bit farther and was like all right answer now that you've got your application are you ready to deploy it to app stores yeah which app stores okay um google play uh the android uh the amazon marketplace io uh, the itunes to iTunes or whatever the App Store, App and Store, boom, 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 Windows Marketplace, yeah, yeah, all of them. You just like, okay, yeah, all of them. All right, great, and or whatever ones you compiled your binaries for, and then it's like, okay, it gives you this superset of like everything that you need for all the stores. Yeah. So you there, there's definitely a Venn diagram. There's an area in the middle of the Venn diagram where like the description of the app, the name of the app, and all that stuff is just once. You just need to answer it once. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have some exceptions like, um, okay, these icons are just for this or they're just for that, but who cares? You need all these icons, just give them to me. So you're like, oh, sweet, okay, everything in one place. And then it just like poops it out to all the stores. Yeah, that would be, be awesome. So, be so killer. Because that's the step, that's the part of the step that is just like so tedious. <laughs> yeah. And there's just like, and it's, and it's right at the point of the project where your excitement is at its peak. Yeah, because you've just made this awesome thing. Yeah, and it finally works, and you're finally like, okay, it's it's ready to release. And then you're like, oh, wait, that wasn't the top of the mountain? 
one time I, one time I ran like the longest race I ever ran was a 20 K, mm-hmm. which is like a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ran it a couple times, the first time I ran it, I was like dying, dying. And I got like, I, I around this bend and up ahead of me, I can see the finish line. It was like mm-hmm. maybe three quarters of a mile. And I was like, I was literally thinking like, I'm going to stop. And then I came around the corner and I saw the finish line. I was like, oh, don't, you can't stop now. You're there. You're there. Right. There's this big right. banner across the street. I'm like, oh, just keep going. Just keep going. I, I'm getting closer. And I'm like, there's not that many people standing around there. <laughs> I get up to it. It's in front of the library. There's like mm-hmm. going to be a Greek festival the following oh, weekend. I still had like three miles to go. Yeah. Oh. I wasn't even that close. <laughs> That's what it's like. That's what it's like when you finish your app is done. It's tested. It's debugged. You're ready. It's three in the morning. And then you're like, I'm going to submit it to iTunes. And then maybe when I wake up tomorrow, it'll be live in the store. And then you're like, oh my God, I have to do what? Yeah. You have to crack open Photoshop. And it's like, oh my. <laughs> you just want to, it's just horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It's like, it's like, fine. I'm just going to do Android apps and I'll put them up on my website and people can download them. Right. I know. It's like so, it's so attractive. And even submitting to the Android store is a joke. I mean, like they're 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 live right away. I mean, it takes the last time I did it, it was a little while ago, but it was like it's instantly live. It's like three minutes later, it's like boom, there you are. It basically it's like time for their their whatever their CDNs to update. But anyway, you still have to go through the collecting the 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 um, assets for the, the store. Yeah. Right. So it would be that's so that's a product idea, internet phone get build but like a little bit more store friendly yeah phone, and get, yes, phone get build with publishing tools right and yes you'd probably have to use some password anti-patterns to actually make it work but whatever i don't care you can have my developer password <laughs> i can't remember it anyway i'd rather have someone else remember it there you go that's the thing it's like if you're a web developer doing hybrid apps you probably only go into that stuff like once every three months it's you're never like yeah. it's not a daily thing no, you don't so. publish things to the App Store daily. No, so it's like, unless you're doing it every single time, you're like, oh, and you know, so the other thing that should be built in is um, something like TestFlight that makes it easy to distribute the, the. Um, actually, PhoneGetBuild does a pretty good job of, of letting other people, has, yeah, has yeah, collaborators. It's a little weird because they want the Adobe login thing happening, but yeah. it's a little weird, but... Um, but that sort of thing. So like where people could actually, you could be like, oh, here's a link beta tester and like manage that process a little bit. That would, that would kill. That would be yeah, really, yeah, yeah. that would be good. PhoneGet, PhoneGet gives you a QR code now. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, if you had some way of like giving them a link and letting them collect and collecting feedback and yeah. Yeah. You can send, you can send them a link and they can, they can open it on their phone and they can go in and click the install button. Mm-hmm. And it will install, but they have to go through this, like, it would be cooler. They have to go through this login process, which is not, Yeah, I don't, I think in well, a lot of cases, in, in, that's in not necessary. Get, in phone get build, if you enable public sharing, you don't have to log in. Uh, I have never tried that, but that makes sense. Yeah, I was doing it today because I didn't want to log in from my phone because typing on the phone is a pain in the butt. Right. And my Apple ID password is ridiculous. Yeah. As all good passwords should be. Right. Yes. Well, that's so, well. That that would get around it. Like I haven't. Yeah. Uh, 
but there's still there's still no convenient way of sharing that URL <laughs> right to to the QR code because it's like a mile long and I kept thinking oh there's got to be a short share button here somewhere nope yeah yeah I mean I was just I was sitting at the computer so I could just point the phone at the screen and do it but right 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 so well it's it's pretty sweet. I feel like now I feel like we're ragging on it, but it, it's it's pretty freaking sweet. It's like a it hundred times is, better yeah. than installing. Like you couldn't even, you'd need at least two computers to install all of the, like if you wanted to do Windows Phone and iOS, you need two computers or at least two operating need, you'd systems. You'd either need two computers or you'd need Windows installed on a, on a Mac and then you could, then you'd have to reboot or. Yeah, or whatever. Run, run. Parallels or poorly performing virtual machines or, or what have you it's just a mess it's like yeah. it's like just use build and it and like don't don't cry about the nine dollars if if you really want private projects and you want more than one private project because you can do have one private project yeah and if you want for free and if you want more than that just pay for it it's like it's such a <laughs> joke compared to anything yeah like that's the best nine dollars i spend for sure yeah anyway Phone get build is awesome. Yes. That's Making a million different loading screens and icons is not. No. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I switched. Um, actually, switching from taking taking the, the web app and, and getting it working in PhoneGap, I made very, very few changes. I think the only thing I really did differently was I switched out the HTML5 audio API for the PhoneGap media plugin. Mm. And that was where I had the volume control issues. Hmm. Interesting. And um, tell me again why you did that. Because it does work in the browser. So why did you switch um, over well, to Initially, the... I did it because uh, once I got it in PhoneGap, it wasn't working. Mm. But then I'm, I'm realizing now that that was probably because I had the path wrong. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, because the um Yeah, you have to you have to kind of watch how you set up your your paths mm -hmm. in um, yeah. in PhoneGap. Mhm. Mm when you when you put stuff in PhoneGap, so. Yeah, absolute paths are no no. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I'm happy to hear that you had a good experience with PhoneGap. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was my first time using it and and um, I will be doing it again. Mm. Yeah, we can we can link to both the the website and and the the APK file if you want to. Yeah, that's a great idea. And like the dear listener will be super calm. Like <laughs> after they finish meditating, they can like Zen clock their way through yeah, the day. They can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I don't know what's next. Something. Oh, you know what I should do next? Hmm. You know those those um. I need like a virtual Zen garden with like the sand and the rock and the smooth stones and everything. And you can just like drag your finger around the screen and rearrange the sand. There you go. A good, that'll be a good canvas project. That would be like touch events and canvas. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, stay tuned for that dear listener. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shavel. And we hope you join us again next week for the niche podcast. Bye.
I, I got some grant money when I graduated college for, for starting starting a business thing because you know the whole I'm blind give me money thing. <laughs> no, it was a it was a um, uh, department for the blind. I got scholarships and stuff through them, and they kind of looked at me funny. It was like, yeah, I'm going to study art. I'm like, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Just, so, <laughs> just see you like like running your fingers across Starry Night like the original. <laughs> oh, this is intense. You know, that actually brings up a, um, an interesting kind of little side note here that I've, I've heard um, read that, that people speculated that Van Gogh had, I, I forget what they call it, but like, I don't want to call it disorder, but I guess it kind of is, where like you see smells or like you, like you oh, hear yeah, yeah. colors. Yeah, I did hear this. I did hear this. Um, yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, it was featured in a... A documentary I saw recently about people whose whose senses are like their wires are kind of crossed. Yeah. I also heard that uh, they they thought he was um, insane, like from the lead paint or lead lead. Oh, There's yeah. something in the paint that was he was ingesting somehow. Mm. Mm. And he, apparently uh, his neighbors were too loud. Yeah. Because ear and whatnot. Didn't, he didn't cut off his whole ear. Like, so no. just the earlobe. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in high school, we used to have this, <laughs> had this, um, we had this in the, the art room. We had this game, pin the ear on the Van Gogh. <laughs> so, he didn't cut off his whole ear? No, he didn't cut off his whole ear, just his earlobe. God, that ruins the whole story. I, I know, it does, doesn't it? He, he might have, he could have just like put in an earring wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like got it caught on something. No, he actually did cut it off, but it was just the earlobe. Did he use like scissors? Uh, a knife, I think. Yeah. I don't know that scissors were a thing back then. I don't know. Scissors seem like... Scissors? They had paint. Yeah. True. Well, I've, it always occurred to me that like Monet and those guys were obviously all blind. Because when I... When it, after I got LASIK... I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's what the trees look like. <laughs> Everything looked like a Monet painting to me before <laughs> I got LASIK. 